Welcome to Science at the Movies, a podcast all about. I don't have a written down. For... <laughs> I forgot what it is. Jesus Christ, Doc, you disintegrated Einstein. Disintegrated Einstein. Einstein. Welcome to Science of the Movies, a podcast that looks at the role of science in some of our best loved and most hated movies. I'm Abby. I'm Frida, and this week's movie is Up. Uh, but first, but Up first. like my hair. Oh, stop. <laughs> Don't drag it Shut out. Up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but first, is there any science news? Don't drag it out. <laughs> any science news? I can't think I actually forgot to write anything down and now I've like literally been sitting here while we're talking trying to think of like what's happened what's happened think. what can I say what science news do I have well I'm going to my first all day thing tomorrow I say conference it's not really a conference it's called Jifest um, so yeah I'm going to that which is fun good um, conference enjoy yeah I think that's mostly it like it's been very very stressful like the whole everything that was going on with my last project changing to a new project getting started with that so i'm just really looking forward to just having some downtime basically and uh yeah yeah that's about it really how about you great um i i had i went to sydney on a conference um it was like so fancy like it was like an internal conference or something it was just the people coming together to discuss what's up what we're all doing it was so fancy such a nice hotel they were so generous put us up on this beautiful beach in this beautiful hotel i was run on the beach i went swimming in the pool it was cold oh. but i was like i'm doing it I'm fucking doing it and I, kept, <laughs> I swam yeah. i swam in the pool i like ran on the beach i was like frida in sydney and i love when i run into my boss or my boss's boss on conference while I'm running in my running gear. I'm like, hey, and they just, I don't register. And I'm like, hello. Yeah. And they're like, oh shit, it's you in shorts. <laughs> um, it was really fun. Um, that was good. And then I did this whole, I, I did this thing from, from my alma mater um, that was released on YouTube this week, this project that I did talking about my PhD experience very candidly. They gave me this mug. Hey, hey that's a nice mug. It was funny because one of the things I was speaking about was like being taken advantage of. And they were like, thank you for everybody for doing a lot of work. Here is this mug. And I said to the the Uh. person next to me, I was like, they were like, we have a gift. And I was like, isn't money? (laughs) 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 No, it's this mug. But that was really nice. I think I was single-handedly fighting for women in, in physics with my video. So... That was this is like this is the thing, isn't it? It's like the academic life. You you do all these like talks and public lectures, and you go to universities to present things, and it's always like for free. It's always like here's a mug. Yeah, <laughs> cool. Thanks to I'll to add be it fair, to my mug collection. My mug. <laughs> they gave me a lanyard from the university, like with the their university like thing on it. I'm like, well, it's not useful to me. I can't walk around with a university lanyard. I'm not from it. <laughs> But anyways, um, they just gave me what they had in the cupboard, basically. Yeah. Uh, but in, in, to be fair, they did, they did gift me with, like, high-resolution professional shots. 
Mm. Uh, so that's that's that, that's a proper gift. I've been paid yeah. in textbooks. Once I was paid in grant money, and all I could really use was textbooks. Like, oh. I, so it was just textbooks. I did this workshop, and I just bought myself tons of textbooks. That's a great that's... one. I would love that. Yeah. If someone was like, we can't pay you money, but money. we can get a bunch of textbooks, I would be like, there's so many textbooks I would love to buy. But like, for people yeah. who don't know this, textbooks are fucking expensive so expensive yeah so that's how i have all my textbooks that was like at the end of my degree i was like well i'll, I'll get all these textbooks and then i'll have sort of like physical evidence of my physics knowledge yeah. you know like if it, so it looks cool yeah, yeah so that's me it was it was pretty like i've been working my ass off i've been working nights which i don't usually do till you know really really late every night preparing um but i but yeah that's over now so the end of the year i sort of will coast a little bit i've got to i really want to apply put abstract in for a conference in germany because i want to go to berlin so i'm gonna get a free ride to munich and then i can hop to berlin so i really 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 want to get an abstract in so i i I have to do a little bit more work for the rest of the year but hopefully i won't go so hard on myself yeah yeah that's it shall we shall we up Let's up. Let's up, 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 up. Let's Bend away. Up. Here's my summary. Remember when Pixar gave us up? Remember when all the critics were raving and raving and you were like, please, how can it be that good? It's a cartoon. And then you watched it? <laughs> okay. Carl. Carl is a grumpy old man with reason to be grumpy developers are threatening to push him out of his house so he decides to go out his own way with a bunch of balloons carl takes to the skies to live out his dream of visiting paradise falls but accidentally takes little russell the boy scout with him finding kevin the snipe they accidentally cross into the territory of crazy blimp man charles munz carl his floating house his dwindling balloons and his ragatag tagalongs battle through the Venezuelan jungle against months and his talking dogs to return Kevin to her babies and get Russell home safe. Chosen families forever. Yeah. Up. Azoi, I'm just feeling a bit Yiddish tonight, so I might just chuck in some Yiddishisms. Azoi, um... That means like, so what's, tell me about how you feel about Up and um, firstly, like, did you watch it back in the day and how was the revisit? So uh, I won't, I won't get into the start because I know you want to talk about that a bit later, but like that is Uh everything about how I feel about the movie (laughs) because the (laughs) first time I ever watched it. And uh, I have very, very vivid memory of the first time I ever watched it because I went to visit my cousin Sharon and we were in her house for the night and we drank a lot. And we were very, very, very drunk from what I can recall. And I remember waking up in the morning and being disgustingly hungover. I remember we went and we got, um, oh, did we get like sausage baguettes or something like that anyway? Uh, so we got, we got like breakfast, hungover food and I was just like, in so I remember feeling, I was like, I'm so fragile right now. Like, let's just put on something comforting. And Sharon went, oh my God, let's watch Up. So she put on Up. And for 10 minutes, I sobbed. I fucking sobbed. Yep. I was like, 
this is not comforting. This is not comforting for a like disgusting hangover. You didn't wake up in the morning and you're like, I'm very fragile because I'm so hungover. Let's put on a movie that's going to make me like wretch crying. So when I, I was nervous to watch it because I remember I was like, I remember crying a lot. And I was like, but it's fine. I'll watch it again. I literally from the absolute. Um, where Did I write it down? No, I didn't. But I just wrote down. Um, oh, yeah. From the moment the balloon came through the window to him in the beginning young him I started crying and I did not stop yeah, yeah. crying until that entire opening section was open and I wrote down I cannot watch it without sobbing and I don't mean a few tears I mean full on heaving wrecked. sobs I was sitting yeah, in the wrecked. bedroom heaving crying James had to come in to me and I was and he was like what the hell is wrong with you and I was just like just come and hug me because I can't take this right now <laughs> So yeah, so he had to hug me until it was over. And then as soon as that part was over, then the rest of the movie, like a lot of it is me recovering emotionally. And then eventually I'm just like, do you know what? It's okay. Because Russell is adorable and he's so cute. And like the whole Kevin thing is funny and, and the dog and Doug and everything. And it's like, it's a lovely story. But yeah, I I, I find it difficult to talk about it in a, in a super positive light because it's so emotionally <laughs> devastating. Because it fucks you up. I'm I'm also like look I'll talk about more the, the science of the first ten minutes later, yeah. <clears throat> but we'll just say now like you're like I'm okay I'll be fine I've seen this a lot of times times just just the point when the when the developers were outside it's like don't you touch that mailbox get the fucking hands off that mailbox get away from that exactly mailbox. oh it's my god so it it absolutely what what do you think what's What's, do you just start and you don't stop? Because to me, I go like, I'm like, you know, when they're like, when they're painting the thing and I'm like, ah, ah, and then they're painting it and then it goes and I'm like, ah, and then, and then I'm like, I'm okay, I'm okay. And then she falls yeah, down I, the hill and I'm just like, I'm no, I, yeah, I'm, like, I just start and I, I just, I do not stop. It's just, it, it does get progressively worse. There's no point where I'm okay though. There's no point where I'm okay. It's, it's getting worse and worse and worse. Uh, particularly like on a rewatch because I know what's coming. So like obviously the first time I watched it, it was like you get to the point and then you're sobbing crying. You're like, what the fuck just happened? And I'm rewatching it. It's like, but I know what's gonna happen. It's amazing. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah. well, 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 let's move on. I love her. I agree. Like that that part. But then you know, it's just it's a delight. It's a yeah. delight. So. Yeah. But I, I want to, I've written down my favorite dog jokes and, my, and some best bits. We okay. can sort of talk about best bits, but let's talk about the, let's just go straight into cast because yeah. it's pretty interesting. There's Ed Ad, Asner, Asner mm-hmm. who plays Carl. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, the, I don't know. I don't really have anything to say about him. I mean, he's obviously yeah. amazing, but I, I, you know what? I do love, you know, when, when, when Disney films are voice actors that are like not famous people, like contemporary contemporaneous yeah. famous people these days they just it's all famous people and yeah, instead you of these like a lot more people that you don't necessarily them. know them but wait I can love i challenge that, that once yeah can i challenge that a little bit because is it yeah. a case of that it's more famous people coming in and doing voices or is it a fact that there's actually and i think i think this might be a lot of the case as well a lot of voice actors have gotten a lot more facetime work because I'm always surprised when I see an actor that I see in a movie and then I look at their IMDb and I'm like, oh my God, they have voice acted so much stuff. Mm. I'm just like, I just didn't realize. Yeah, yeah so maybe. It's just a voice actor who became um, 
more mainstream and actor or visual yeah maybe yeah anyway sorry go on maybe yeah i remember like toy story was like was like the sort of famous voices thing but if you even further back all the disney stuff we didn't know any of those names out they're just like professional voice people um except when it was the lion king it was jonathan taylor thomas and we were like oh my god it's jonathan taylor thomas <laughs> the baby lion um okay so russell russell's he's asian do you yeah. read that yeah I love it. I love that yeah. they put that they made him Asian. So he's that's, voiced by Jordan Nagai. That's the. I thing. like it's it. A, I don't know. That's yeah. Uh, no, I I was just gonna say. I think that's what's one of the one of the beautiful things about the movie. It's like it's not. We get that. Obviously, we get that. Um, we get that. Uh, oh God! Why You're can't right? I think of what the word is? Sorry, no, I've lost it. We get that. Diversity. Oh, sorry. We get the bit of the romancey bit at the start, but sorry, I totally like my brain yeah. just went. We get the romancey thing at the start, but like the entire movie, really, it's it's two grumpy old men and a little Asian boy, and that's just not like we haven't seen that before. You know, that's not the stories that get told. Do you know? So it just was like <laughs> it's kind of cool. I love it. I love the kid. I, I just yeah, no, I love it. It's good. I didn't realize. I didn't. You know, I didn't realize it. The kids. Asian that isn't white until like in a bit of adult and I'm like man that's so cool yeah um yeah we talk about like when it isn't relevant to the plot the default doesn't need to be a white person yeah it can be you, you can just have someone who isn't white and it doesn't need to be an important part of the story because they're just yeah. people um okay so Charles Munns is played by Christopher Plummer which I don't know I didn't know that when I looked it up now I was like that I had no I didn't that's, I didn't realize that I didn't clock that at all <laughs> mm yeah it's he, Actually, he's great. Like, he kind of looks like him. <laughs> he totally looks like him, and he's great. Um, and it will, we'll talk more about that character later, mm-hmm. our scientist, as it were. And then Bob Peterson is Doug, and I absolutely love that Doug is Doug. in the. It's D U G. That's you know, it's not like D O U G. It's so funny, it's Doug. It is it, who is. Oh so funny and um yeah what do you think any what do, what do you anything to say about doug not really i just it's just like i you know you're just like i just want to protect you i don't get you and protect you that's it you really. are my master i love yeah. you my sister just <laughs> yeah. got a golden retriever she just got a she got a golden yeah. retriever she's doing really well with she called her golda um golda golden retriever and she's just like divine um, yeah. And I just, I love the golden retriever energy of just like, I just want to please you. You're my Aww. master. I love you. Um, I have a list of dog jokes because, because yeah. the thing I love about Disney and it's been, Disney's been doing this since forever, like animal jokes. Yeah. Disney's always found the human animals, but there's so many dog jokes. It, it just kills me. First of all, small male man, the small male man. They just, the fact that they call him a small, <laughs> small male man never man. does it's it so just good. crack me up. It's so yeah. good. This master, the small male man. Um, it's so funny. And then of course the cone of shame. Put oh, him in the, the cone, cone of shame. Of shame. Is amazing. And now whenever I see a dog with one, I just, I'm just imagining them being like, <laughs> squirrel squirrel is just my favorite thing my absolute favorite thing it's just it cracks me up every single time every time when they're like in the jets and like, squirrel! 
dogs, you can't get dogs to do things. Um, the bone chewing of the dinosaurs. The di- the dog being like, I'm the tour guide. Here's the bone. And then, and then when they go, he's like, ah. And then <laughs> I should probably explain that. He's the tour guide for the like boat for the like bird bone museum, yeah. and he's acting like he's a tour guide. As soon as the boss turns his head, he's, he starts to chew the bone. And then similarly, when they're pouring wine, like they're the waiters, and the dogs are like, "Yeah, we're totally pouring the wine." <laughs> they're just like, "Oh!" And then and then he like takes the sausage. They're like, <laughs> they're like terribly like, just pouring the wine. And then the other dog, while that is going on, from the other side just takes the sausage off yeah. the plate. I love it. And the other one is the word treat. <laughs> like they just say treat in a different context, like treating someone or treating this, and the dog's like, treat! treat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So funny. Those are my dog the, jokes. The, do you know what? That's the, and it's not even a fucking joke because honestly... I have taken to now, like, I sometimes say tract when I'm talking to James. If I say, have you given her a tract today? Because I don't want to say treat in case she's like, what? Where? Because <laughs> she knows where we keep them and she's taken to standing near them. And she does this thing now where she just goes, with her little tail between her legs and she's fully shivering. And I'm like, oh my God, Lolly, what's wrong? It's so cold. She's shivering. Is she okay? And James is just looking at me and she's like, she wants a treat. <laughs> she's trying to con me. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I love it. The, 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 my sister's treats are in the laundry. So when you go to the laundry, I like to just play like training with the goals are. So I just get a bunch of treats. I just find it satisfying to just tell her what, you know, <laughs> give her the treats. And so I go into laundry and she's like, and she just runs and is like, down. Yeah. <laughs> down. Down. Good. Yes. Down. <laughs> sitting. Down. Sitting. Down. <laughs> just doing all the tricks. I just love it. I love how I love the dark energy in this. It's great. Yeah. Um, those are all my dog jokes. <laughs> Do you have any dog jokes? Uh, not not exactly the dog. I mean, obviously the whole alpha collar thing is hilarious. The voice change is so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not. <laughs> so good. And also the fact that the alpha who is like kind of dumb, just his turn of phrase, yeah. the way he talks, he just sounds so stupid. And I don't know what the joke is, but it's so funny to me. The yeah. way that he... Is is so dumb, but I can't I can't explain it. The way right. he talks is so weird. He just sounds like an idiot, and it's hilarious. Anyway, maybe it's a play on like say? alpha. Well, let's not get into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, but there are <laughs> there are two things that that I really enjoy, and it's um the uh, wait a minute, are there any female dogs? How do you get so many dogs? Oh, Russell. Russell says. Does he? Well, there are plenty of females that just have male voices, I'm assuming. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Anyway, sorry. That was just a <laughs> random thought. Uh, I just got two, li- like, two lines that I really enjoy, and it's, um, it's at the very start when they first meet Doug. <laughs> and Russell's like, can we keep him? And Carl's like, no. And he's like, but it's a talking dog. <laughs> I just love the like the complete like incredulity of him. He's like, but it's a talking dog, and you're like, exactly, Carl. It's a talking dog. What the fuck? Of course you're gonna keep it. I know. Him. What is wrong with you? 
And because you know, one of my best bits, because right like that bit when he's playing with Kevin the snipe and the dog and they're all like in a bundle and then one of them like smashes the ball through the window and the way they yeah. all like freeze and then they, they stand up. <laughs> yeah. So guilty. I love it. Adorable. Oh, speaking of, that's I my second thing actually is like it's the, there's the excellent guilt trip from Russell and I was just like, you're such a clever kid where he goes like mm. when uh, when carl makes him get rid of kevin and he's like this was her favorite chocolate since you sent her away there's more for you <laughs> yeah like, it really is good it really kid. is very funny it really is very funny yeah like i'm laughing the whole time when i watch that movie because they yeah. really are they're, they're, they're really not funny. the whole time um, i love when the bird not the, whole time. not the whole time but no at the i'm saying when they're trying to be funny i think they succeed yeah is my point um the bird the comedy of him eating the balloon you know because he swallows the whole balloon and then it pops oh, yeah and he's like he's just got cute he's got great noises it, that yeah. that that is very funny. You got anything else? Nope. I have one other thing that I just I just love this. You know, it doesn't make me laugh, but the developers with no faces. Yeah. How they have I just love how they're able to do so much with no words whatsoever. Mm. Just the miming of the developers, and even when he find when he hurts the guy in the head, who's what's his face, isn't it? It's the Pixar guy. Oh. The guy that's in everything. I forgot his name, yes. but that was oh, him. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyways, but the way the developer just puts his hand on the little knob, you know? Yeah. It's like the menacing thing. I, it's it's just really well done. John Ratzenberger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my it. voice is getting a little sad. But my phone is leaning against my water bottle. <laughs> what do I do? What do I do? <laughs> That is enough movie talk for me. Is that enough movie talk for you? Good. All right. Themes. Do you have any themes? Um, I do not have any themes. I mean, like, there's obviously the whole, like, um, like you said, I think, I think you said at the end of your summary, you know, um, family that you choose. Yeah, you know? totally. And I family like that. that I like you choose. The... Yeah. Yeah. Just kind no, of that on. really like like you know um opening up to people and and not not closing yourself off really which is kind of yeah. what carl is trying to do so yeah that's about it really mm -hmm. yeah i picked out a line from the movie which i found that particular scene to be like ugh, when he says you know i know it sounds weird but the boring stuff is the stuff i remember the most Aww. and he says that yeah. to carl and carl's like ugh right in the heart and i yeah. guess the idea i think russell is living with a foster mum or something i think i think like he's whatever is going on with russell they're not explicit but it's not like he's his dad isn't a part of his life either he's died yeah. and then and then there's a woman there and she goes no that's not my mother so it's not her mother and the father's not around and i have a feeling that he's like all alone in the world um but either oh, way i assumed i assumed that he was yeah, with his mum but that his dad had mm -hmm. remarried. And yes, that, yes, yes, yes. Okay, and so that she's the, like, that's not the my step mother. stepmom says that he bothers her, him too much. But actually yeah. what you're saying kind of makes yeah. a little bit more sense. No, I think it makes sense. I think that I didn't really look into it too much. I was just like, mm -hmm. 
what's up with him because it's like the boring stuff is what I miss the most so he doesn't see his dad at all um, yeah but that's way too depressing if he's just with a foster mom <laughs> I don't want to deal with that but I don't know that that's a beautiful beautiful scene um, and yeah uh, totally alright let's go into tropes there's Ooh. a lot of themes there obviously but let's go straight yeah. into tropes welcome to our first section to rip of the week I have two tropes Abby do you have any tropes that came up in this movie I forgot. No problem. And I didn't. Write the odd couple down. was. That's fine. I'll do. I'll Sorry. do it. I was, it's the. It's okay. I think this is the, the second time couple. I've done that recently. Like we've done it a lot. Well. That's why we're taking a. We're we're wrecked. Yeah. Okay, it's all good. Okay. <laughs> the odd couple was my first trope. Odd couple was like Russell and Carl. Oh yeah, yeah. And that yeah. was my number one. Yeah. And then the other trope that I had was like, you know, falling in love with someone that's exactly like you, like your female version, female yeah, version of him. Yeah. Yeah. And then that leads into being like one of the guys, not like other girls, you know, it's just exactly like me and so on and so yeah. on. Um, that's kind of like a trope where he's like, wow, someone exactly like me. Um, those are my tropes. Okay. okay. Let's get into some science. So the first science section is called the first 10 minutes of up. I mean, I know it's, I mean, because, because it's, you know, it has its own like Wikipedia page. The first 10 minutes of up is its own Wikipedia page. (laughs) Um, That, and there's a lot of interesting things about it. Firstly, it was, it was, they first tested the movie with a different 10 minutes. They had a a whole other movie and listen to what it was about. It was about how Ellie was always punching him in the face he was always like surprise punch and it was basically it was a montage of their life where ellie was always like punch and then and then the whole thing was like when she when she was dying the punch was like feeble and then like you know she didn't have the punch and then they finished the thing and the audience was like (laughs) silent (laughs) it was basically a series of her playing the same prank on him where she like punches him when he doesn't expect it like so that was that was the alternative (laughs) isn't that amazing um and so they put this one in instead of first they took out the whole thing about the she can't have children and the the depression because they were like is this going too far and then someone was like no if you don't see you you, if you don't see that you don't have a reason to stick with the car yeah like you need to see it to stick with him um anyway so but the thing is i actually saw this essay called creating an emotional impact without dialogue the case study of pixar's up and this is why i put in this section because i have quantity because someone's done quantitative data on I love pixar's first head merit i know i love it it's an it's a it's an article um on a uk university um that they've done um, I'll obviously put the show notes and they create a mood chart like frame by frame for each frame like the mood chart where they like quantify people's moods um, as as they're going through up this by Michaela Wozni from Sheffield Hallam University wow um, <laughs> what is life but anyway it's a graph of an emotional pace where she where she like she has happiness scores between minus 10 and 10 and people rating their level of emotion as they're watching it. And and it's like, it's like, boop, 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 height of happiness, iconic moment of picnic, cloud watching, planning to have children together, discover the hate kind of children. She falls into a depression 
And then, you know, it's like uh, still in love, dancing together. Their dream has been forgotten. He's planning them to finally fulfill their dream. They don't achieve their dream. Death of Ellie, Carl's alone. <laughs> She's mood-charted the whole thing. Oh, my God. I know. It's a great it's a great chart. Um, and so I'll put the chart. It's just great. I love quantum data. But, but basically... Um, and what and what basically her summary is she goes over how they're able to without any dialogue whatsoever how they were able to create something like that with such big emotional responses that we understood exactly what was happening without any yeah. words and she, basically she says the, the use of color light recurrent imagery and music helps to convey the context emphasize the relationship between characters and strengthen the overall meaning which provides the motivation for the main story arc of the film um it's a great essay. I really enjoyed reading it actually. Cause it just, it just informed me a little bit about like techniques of how, you know, you can use things other than dialogue to explain what's going on. Yeah. Um, because it is a phenomenon. It's an absolute phenomenon. That first 10 minutes. It's I, like, I mean, absolutely. It's, it's as, like, it's, as you said, it's like the entire way through, you know, exactly what's going on. You don't need mm. anything else. You see their entire lives in pictures and moments and you know exactly what's happened and you know exactly how you should feel at each moment as well and yeah and that's why it's so fucking gut-wrenching yeah i know and they they do things like there's a lot of color stuff there's shade there's color there's light Mm. um and the fact that it's like you know they use the recurring theme of the picnic to be like here's the picnic there's the picnic there's the picnic um, yeah. And also a lot of little things as well, like, you know, the, the comfortable sort of, and also the, the square, the, he's sort of the square shape, but his chair's more square and she's kind of got this heart-shaped chair. Yeah. She brings the curve, he's the square. And so like him going into sort of that boxy existence because this sort of curvy movement aspect of his life has gone. Yeah. And they re-emphasize that with color and, and with movement, with the, with, the, with the photo frames, the shape of the photo frames and everything. Um, but the, there's one little moment which is just also kills me. It all fucking kills me. <laughs> but when they're sitting on their chairs and he just reaches his hand in the middle and she just places Definitely. her hand on his hand. I'm crying. I'm, I, I just yeah. felt, I just actually felt my the emotion come up. It really is magic movies. Sometimes movies are, movies are absolute magic. Um, yeah. Exactly. That's, that's that's an amazing thing. And I kind of love right, so like, f- just yeah. to just to kind of link it then to the end of the movie because I do really enjoy that you get that final shot. Like the house is destroyed, like whatever, mm-hmm. but you get the the two chairs. Yeah. The chairs together on the um place. Oh god, I can't remember the name of the place. Pacific what? Paradise Falls. Paradise Paradise Falls. Uh yeah. And it's just like it's like they're there. They're there, they're together, they're happy, yeah. sort of thing, you know? It's weird how you mm. you create an attachment to an object of that represents these but two people. They did people. it. They did it by repeating. Yeah. I'm saying that they repeat the imagery so much that you exactly you know what it means, and that's the power of the, using images. Um, but, but you know the, the 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 little bird, the 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 photo, like the, the objects that he can't let go of. The 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 sort mm. of painting of the picture of her that's kind of moving like this, and and it's like it, it gives so much more context to him his anger at them yeah and and like at no point do i feel like his anger is over the top or a problem um because we know how distressed like we know that the distress of all of those lost dreams 
And so it just, it just the scene when he's rushing around trying to save everything. I mean, and then it, the powerful moment when he's like, he just, I'll get to that later actually. But, but him saying, I, I don't want your help. I want you safe. I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, he's just, but he's got, oh, killing me. All right. Um, let's talk about our scientist. We have one scientist, it's Charles Munz. What did you think about our scientist, Charles Munz? Oh, I kind of like, I love it. I love it at the beginning because I love that whole idea, that, that historical idea. Like, it's very old timey in my mind. Like, this whole blimps and flight goggles and the scarf and the, you know, I, I, I love that idea. Like, explorer, old timey explorer idea. Um, so I'm dying yeah. to hear about it. You wrote down real life Charles Muntz. I want to know. <laughs> oh, yeah, you want to know? Yeah. He's definitely, well, he's, he's based on any number of what I like to call crazy airplane men. Yeah, <laughs> Howard, <laughs> Howard Hughes, but he's absolutely based on Charles Lindbergh. Yeah, he's a crazy yeah. aeroplane man. <laughs> Charles Lindbergh, who had the spirit of St. Louis, you know, so this is the spirit of adventure. He has the spirit of St. Oh, Louis. Okay. He's crazy. He's crazy. <laughs> Do you know how crazy Charles Lindbergh was? No. Do you know about him? I mm, know, you know about the Lindbergh baby. That's about it, which is definitely not anything to do with his actual no 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 no. you know my mom used to say about that was that um it was the first ever international celebrity Uh, because i remember when michael jackson was sort of nuts over over with the children you know like with the blankets over the face and my mom was like charles Lindbergh, first ever international celebrity and what happened People went because he was very handsome, so he, so people were so obsessed with him. And what what ended up happening was people target target his children. So my mother would always say, like, it's very real the the, the threat to people's children with a fan obsession is that serious. Yeah. And so she was always like, you know, give Michael Jackson a break. Like he's the most famous guy in the world, and he's trying to protect his children. And I just remember she would always say about Charles Lindbergh. Um, but do you know Charles Lindbergh was a Nazi sympathizer? Oh, fuck's sake. You know, okay, so he actually fled. They fled to Europe to like escape the flee. They moved there to for quiet, um, and the, America actually sent him to fly over the because when Hitler was sort of like rallying his troops around to, to fly over the German um, air force to sort of report back what was going on, um, and he just sort of like first of all he just kind of fell in love with the Nazis and he like attended the Berlin Olympics and he was at a, at a state dinner like the. Um, Hermann Goering uh, hosted him at a state dinner and they awarded him a special medal like Hermann Goering himself with the swastikas on it that he refused ever to give back and then he enjo- he joined this American first he came back to America and joined the America first uh, party or whatever it was and he was very very into isola- isolationism um, so that they should completely stay out of the war and build up their own weapons and everything like that um, quotes Hitler accomplished Hitler accomplished results good in addition to bad which could hardly have been accomplished without some fanaticism as he put it quote he gave a lot of rousing speeches about America staying over the war another thing a a few Jews add strength and character to a country but too many creates chaos and we are getting too many um there's been a lot of comparisons to sort of like him and Trump, um, sort of American first ideas, like, but it's sort of weird, weirdly uh, relevant these days. 
this whole idea, attractiveness right. the, like just this whole like just the, those kinds of comments right it's like oh we're getting too many of them it's like where where do you think americans came from i'm sorry now right i'm sorry i'm sorry but like oh you're getting too many of them yet yeah, like how, how many fucking half of america claims to be irish so there's obviously a lot of irish people in there i mean the colonizers were english and dutch right like they americans are, yeah. aren't even america <laughs> you're not like you're not even from the sure. land like you're not historically your land. ancestors are not from but that they possess land it so like they possess what? the land but but why the but why then be like oh but we don't want this group we'll, we'll take that group was it like irish were allowed in because we're a catholic country but then we don't like line up with evangelical now no anyway one. so would we not be allowed anymore like what the fuck is wrong with people no no one Sorry. wanted the irish in america they just put their irish just padded out the armies and all yeah the but they love it now saying? but that's the thing they love now, it now they love claiming them. irish heritage now but like yeah. at the time it's like no we don't want no. you because you're grubby and you're you're you know no. freaking destitute and you know it's the but same way be... like the the english the colonizers treated um the irish people when they first colonized it's like all the the language the degrading language that was used to describe what the irish because they were seen as nothing they were seen as dirt they we we were seen as like just absolute like disgusting savages that's what they used to call us they used to call the irish people yeah. savages and it's like, so you've all this idea at the time, but then you find usefulness for these people. And then later on, when you decide you like their culture and you like their heritage, you're like, oh, we're all so good. I love your music. Sorry, your music, I just guys. have a little bit of a rant and I won't apologize for the rant actually, because like, I'm just Don't so apologize. sick shit of this um, attitude that we've yeah. got in the world right now, where it's like, this is, but this like is this crazy. Group, but we don't like that group. Yeah, but like, <laughs> yeah, Jews just, but he he was nuts. He was just this crazy airplane man, and that's what Philip Roth wrote the book in two thousand and four, where he imagines when he because he actually what if he got rooted in because he sort of starts to imagine that he's so got such an American appeal, um, you know this handsome blonde yeah aviator, and he's just like stay out of the war, um, and the truth of the you know what was the truth of the matter. Um, and, and he also spoke plot? about media, uh, the, the plot against America. I was a, okay. HBO made a series as well with Winona Ryder. I was uh, maybe I'll watch it. So Lindbergh, yeah, he was railed against media conspiracies. I just, just it's like really, it's it's really relevant. It's really crazy. He started flogging because he did a whole campaign to be elected to president. Like what? He did a whole. He went around. Wow. He flied around the Philip with the with the spirit of St. Louis campaigning, or with with his. To, to not, I don't know if it was president, but political campaigning. And he warned darkly of the danger to this country posed by Jewish ownership and influence in our motion picture, our press, our radio, our government. It's dangerous shit. So Charles, he's, he's, he was a lunatic. And so, you know, Charles Munns is sort of strongly based on Charles Lindbergh. Okay. Um, and that's enough of that. And there's fun yeah. stuff in this episode. Don't worry, guys, everybody out oh, yeah. there, because now we're <laughs> going to talk about balloons. You ready to talk about balloons? I'm so excited to talk about balloons. Let's talk about balloons. I wish that I had the time because um, what I would do, and I want to know how you would calculate it. What I would do is I would go and buy a helium balloon yeah. and I would sit and see how much I could attach to it before it went to the ground. And I yeah. would weigh that. Yeah. On my tiny coffee scale. And then I would figure out how heavy the house is. And then I would figure that's how I would do it. How would you do it? 
I mean, that sounds like the most logical way to do it. Yeah, I'd I probably so. get a bunch of balloons, though. I'd probably get, like, five of them, and then I'd go outside, and I'd, <laughs> yeah. And I'd, I, I, like, so I'd have, I'd have a weight or some sort of a thing, but I'd have a string attached to it so I can loosely hold the string so that I'm not holding it down, but that it can't, like, float away from me. And, yeah, I would, I would do the same thing, and then, and then weigh, and then see... Okay, what's what's roughly the mass yeah. of, uh, of that and the mass of a house, and see if um, you can figure out how many balloons you would need. I'm gonna guess a I, lot more I, than what's actually depicted in the movie, but I'm so here for it. But but I like your solution because you can never get one helium balloon. You have to order a bunch because you know they yeah. don't just give you one; they order a bunch. That would have been better. You get like twenty. I I, I also love the idea of just you know how helium balloons are the best. Imagine yeah. just getting yourself helium balloons <laughs> for no reason. Yeah. Hi, hi. I have 20 balloons. <laughs> Why? Is there a party? Yeah, totally yeah. a party. Why are balloons the best? They're so fun. Yeah. Um, how? So there are estimates. Look, people have estimated it so many different ways. Yeah. But a good estimate, I would put it at 23 or 25 million. And do you know, actually, there is a replica of the up house that was built. So it's actually very easy to find out exactly how how heavy the house would be. But someone's actually gone and built a replica, and it's in like Utah or something. Oh my god, I love it! <laughs> and um, and you know, obviously, people have done this to death. But it's about twenty three or twenty five million. I think Pixar estimates it at twenty three million. And I found another estimate which sort of backs that up. But it's one of those backwards questions where you know you can get to twenty three million if you want to. I've done those problems before. You're like, I want to land at twenty three million, and you just figure yeah. out a way to get there. Um, 23 million balloons would do it. Um, but in the animation itself, there are 60,622 balloons in the liftoff sequence. <gasps> By the way, the liftoff sequence. <gasps> oh my God. Oh, the animation, so the colors that are reflecting. How about the little girl who's playing in the apartment? Oh the, yeah. The, the, and she's playing. Oh, she goes, Oh my God. Oh, oh my God. That's my favorite part. That makes me also weep. Just weep. Yeah. Just the little girl being like, oh, because I'm like, that little girl had such a good day. <laughs> yeah, she had the best day ever. I know. And her mom saw it so, too. So, you know, she wasn't like, she's not going to be accused of lying. <laughs> Everyone saw it. <laughs> That's what I thought. I was like, the little kid sees it and then she's like, nobody believes her. It's like, oh, no, no, it's okay. Mom saw it too. <laughs> totally. I love that. Yeah. I'm sure everybody thought of that, you know? Like, it's like, it's funny. If you thought of it, it's because they planted it in, in your head. Yeah. Because um, first they probably did a test and they were like, nobody's going to believe her. And they're like, well, at her mom, don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> the the floating scenes had 10,297 balloons. So that, that's how many that looks like. It's 60,000 in the thing and then it's 10,297. Um, and these are all party balloons. So the, the question is, can you lift a house with balloons? And of course you can lift a house with balloons. If you have enough balloons, you can lift anything, right? Yeah. Okay, but do you know? But can we talk about David Blaine? Oh. I just want to the thing. I, I'm just going to go through the people that have lifted the things that have been lifted with balloons, starting with David Blaine, because you know how when we're doing podcast research and just the shit that you watch on YouTube on account of your research, and one yeah. of them was the live stream of David Blaine holding up balloons and floating up to, what was it eight thousand feet? <laughs> he did that, but they were like. No, no, it was, it was his trick. It was called Ascension and it was like, Ascension is my best trick ever. But honestly, he was holding on. It looked so goofy. It was like the goofiest thing you've ever seen. 
and they made these they designed extra massive balloons i guess they were kind of like uh they were like weather balloons maybe like, i don't know if these were weather balloons they weren't like, actually is it, is it a trick though. or is it physics yeah, I think a lot of his his tricks have gone from ma- magic tricks into just like dares. Do you know what I'm saying? But yeah, yeah there's loads it's, of physics like, there's there. Nothing, yeah, it's not there's nothing magical about that. If it's literally like you just had enough balloons that could lift your exactly. mass, that's it's just, just physics. physics. <laughs> but he did he like when he got to eight thousand feet, he and he put his parachute on as he was up there, and then he cut the balloons and he like jumped. And then the parachute came. So, I mean, it was cool, but it was also really silly. Yeah, but also, just, again, that's balloons. not a magic trick. That's just a, <laughs> like you said, that's just a dare. That's just a daredevil. That's, that's it's daredevil. It's Dave, It's David Blaine. Evil can evil. It's David Blaine. <laughs> okay. But forget David Blaine. Because do you remember the guy, I mean, it was the 80s, but with the patio chair and the balloons? Did, did, no. Did, do you know this story? Okay, here no. we go. Yeah, okay, so this guy called Larry Walters flew for 45 minutes in a patio chair attached to 45 helium-filled weather balloons. Those are not party balloons. Ah. A weather balloon is usually made of latex, and it's usually filled with hydrogen, which has more lift than helium. But anyway, this is this guy called Larry Walters. Do not look this story up, because because I'm going to tell you this story. He had dreams of flying ever (laughs) since. Of Larry Walters in his in yeah. his patio chair. Yeah. He, Larry Walters dreamed of flying ever since he was a kid, but he was unable to join because he had poor eyesight. At least that was the at least the reason that he couldn't join. So he had a career as a truck driver, but he always wanted to fly. And he was inspired by this story of this photographer, and this was like way back, maybe even the 30s, who used 32 weather balloons to sort of float up on top of a beach to take a photo. But he had a a mooring rope, you know, so he wasn't Mm. up there. But the rope that was holding him to the ground broke and he started flying off into the air. And this priest saw it. The fact he was a priest just makes the story better and chased him for... (laughs) 21 kilometers <gasps> before using a rifle to shoot the balloon so that he could come down safely. Oh my and God. Larry, and, and he did come down safely. And Larry Walter saw this story and was like, that's how I'm flying. <laughs> so he, so that is what he, he, that's how he got the idea to use a gun. So on July 2nd, 1982, he did it. He attached 43 balloons to his lawn chair he put on a parachute and he strapped himself in with a pellet gun a citizen band radio which is a callback to contact right citizen band radio sandwiches a beer and a camera sandwiches and the beer is the best part about this (laughs) his friends cut the mooring code and he just went to like four 4,900 meters. Oh my God. <laughs> and he was in touch with CB radio the whole time. And it's all the transcripts are, they, they recorded all of it because it was so crazy. It's a, do you know why? I'm actually have to get some of the transcripts. Because <laughs> he goes immediately up into like international, like, I don't know, like he goes up into 
I have to. I have to get. I have to find. I got it. I got it. Because because some of some of the transcript of his orchestra. He's like, the, the guy's like, what, emotion, what information would you wish me to tell the airport at this time as to your location and your difficulty? Uh, the difficulty is, uh, this was an uh, unauthorized balloon launch. And uh, I know I'm in federal, I'm in a federal airspace. Oh and uh, I'm, I'm sure my ground clue has alerted the proper authorities, but uh, just call them and, and tell them I'm okay. I like that he calls them his ground crew because he just, because as soon as they cut it, he was, you know, wasn't slow. He was up really, really high. Uh, It's insane. So, okay, fine. Now I have to continue with this story because it's hilarious. After 45 minutes, he starts to shoot several balloons before accidentally dropping his pellet gun. No. He descended slowly, but got caught in the power lines, breaking them, causing a 20-minute blackout. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this that guy. is crazy. And the end, they, 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 they were like, look, if he was a pilot, we'd remove his license, but he's not a pilot. Like, they were trying to figure out how to charge him. And they, in the end, they just gave him a pretty relatively small fine. Um, And then when the press was like, why did you do it? He was like, I just wanted to do it for so long that if I didn't do it, I would have ended up in a funny farm. (laughs) I love how this idea of like, why did you do it? It's like there's certain things in this world, right? Where it's like you don't need to ask, why did you do it? Like if literally if somebody was like, hey, here's a bunch of balloons and a lawn chair. I'd be like, let's go. Like, let's let's go now. Put them on, strap me in, give me the pellet Why? gun, I'm ready. <laughs> of course you would do it. And my beer. The really good quote yeah, was Philip so Petit when he, he tightrope between the two towers. And, and they arrested him. And then they were like, why did you do it? And he was like, there is no why. <laughs> Some questions don't that. need to I be I love that. I love that quote. No, Exactly. So that's that's like what yeah. So I guess my point is that you can you can float if you want to float with a balloon, you can float with balloon, but probably not party balloons. Um, individually with helium tanks and like, where's he getting them from? How's he blowing them up by himself? Like twenty three million of them. Like even if it yeah. was two, there are estimates that put it at like two hundred thousand. But like, uh, anyway, that's yeah. enough. Depends on what that house is made of. Well, it's a, it's a it's a Queen Anne house. Some, this has all been done. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The style of the house, the, the slate roofing. It's actually very heavy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. All this has been done. Um, but you know, it's it's magic, and it's also just charming as all hell. Yeah, it's just very charming. Balloons are sick. You know, we love balloons. Who doesn't love balloons? <laughs> okay, so let's move on to the next topic, which is blimps. You asked about so blimps. Excited. You were like, "Why don't we? Why don't we use blimps?" Well, it's actually not a blimp. It's an airship. Oh, a blimp is not rigid. The blimp relies on the pressure of the gas to keep its shape. Whereas okay. the Spirit of Adventure is a rigid airship, so it has actually a structure and a framework. It just has the lifting gas inside. Um, airships were a popular form of flight. 
But then, this is another thing I've been doing on YouTube. It's like David Blaine flying and the Hindenburg crashing to the ground. Thank you very much. <laughs> Podcast. I've seen that before. Have you ever seen that? No. No. Okay, the Hindenburg. So I'll, we'll talk about it in a second. So it, it um, the Hindenburg is a very famous airship that was similar to the Spirit of Adventure in the terms of its size. But why they went out of fashion, they're actually like very impractical. Don't look it up. Okay. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. You can't. I can't save. You can, but you'll watch it later. Okay. You have to later. It was just but, the image. Don't look at it. I just wanted the image. Not yet. Not yet. Wait, wait, wait. I'll, I'll tell you when you're allowed to Google it. Okay. Look, maybe you can listen to it live on TikTok. Let's, guys, don't spoil it. I've, wait, so I um, they were going out of fashion. This is why airships went out of fashion. So they could fly twice as fast as a cruise ship could travel and they could also cruise inland so they would go sort of somewhat above the ground like 200 feet you know not a lot yeah um and cruise apparently they were really cruisy like it was just perfectly cruisy and floaty like no it was just a little bit above the ground so they would go over the ocean and then they would also go inland so it was very common to see the Hindenburg. You know, you'd see it docking in wherever it was right. docking. It was just this very exciting sight, very cool and very low flying. And they were enormous. Like the spirit of adventure is enormous. And yes, it was, they were as big as like the Titanic. Hindenburg was as big as the Titanic. Wow. Yeah. I've never really been, yeah, I've never meters. really kind of, like, I just find them so fascinating. Like blimp, I just blimp airship. I just... Just looking at it, yeah, yeah. I find if it this, so fascinating. If this is if this is a jet, yeah. Like if that's a jet, then that then that then that's the Hindenburg. Wow. Like that's how big it is from like my elbow. Yeah. It's huge. It completely dwarfs a jet. Um, but most of it is just the lifting gas. Yeah, <laughs> it's just I was gonna full say, it's of hydrogen. Not very practical, right? <laughs> no. So basically, the Hindenburg is mostly gas, and there's a very small passenger accommodation, right? And it only held 72 passengers and needed 52 crew members. So that was it. And the lifting gas that the Hindenburg could hold could only have, it was 100,000 pounds, which is eight elephants. And when you measure things in elephants, you're always like, oh my God, that's so much. But it wasn't because it's 72 passengers that just strip everything back as much as possible. There were only four toilets and one shower for 72 people. How far could you get, like on the on the field? It went there, across right? the Atlantic. It would oh, go wow, from okay. Europe to America. Okay. Um, no, it travelled far. Like it, it was faster than a cruise ship, but there was not. It was not luxurious. And one yeah. one trip on the Hindenburg by today's in US dollars was seven thousand dollars in today's money to get a ticket. So you compare that to a cruise ship. And it was half as fast, but you had all the luxury. You actually, yeah. they, they did have a, pi- a grand piano in the Hindenburg, but they had to invent this special lightweight aluminum, mater- aluminum, aluminum material to just be- to get oh, the grand wow. piano. Eventually, they just took the grand piano off because it, they just, you, you have to have as little as possible. So, Charles yeah. Munn's airship with all that, I mean, it's obviously impossible because where's the lifting gas? Yeah. Like it's floating, but where, where are you storing your gas? You actually do have to store gas. I know it does, I know it's invisible. But it takes up space. Yeah. Um, but what happened to the Hindenburg 
on May 6, 1937, it was docking in New Jersey, and like I said, people would you know, see it. 72 passengers, 52 crew members, and within seconds, it just in, something ignited the hydrogen, and it, it, it just crashed. It, just, it was a shell within like 10 seconds. Wow. It was just a shell. Um, and the, the audio was captured of, a, of someone that was, here comes the Hindenburg. And it's probably this, the, the most staggering piece of live audio that has ever been captured in the history of voice recordings is the person who's witnessing it happen. It, it, there is nothing before or since that is so staggering as listening to the distress of yeah. the journalist as he's watching it. And when you can see on YouTube, they people have teamed it with the visual. So you can, you can, you can see oh, what okay. he was seeing and his distress. It's, it's unbearable. Um, uh, and people witnessed it. And it, it wasn't even the worst airship disaster, but like it had there'd been worse with casualty wise, but it was wow. witnessed by people, everybody. Um, and um, therefore it kind of, you know, it was already declining by then because of what I just said. And also planes were already starting to take off. But after the Hindenburg crash, it kind of put an end to the airship as a mode of transportation that was it yeah i didn't know the hindenburg yeah so i knew about the hindenburg but in the research now you can look at the hindenburg you should watch the video so you can see how quick it happened with the hydrogen once it ignited wow Wow. Um, the frame like once it's just baker sigley like a huge ball of um of fire but you can see the frame yeah. It's like 10 seconds it took. Yeah. It's crazy. Jesus. Oh. And the audio of I the we were going to have like a fun it. blimp chat. <laughs> Seriously, when I realized I was heading into Hindenburg territory, I was like, oh, God. I actually <laughs> was working on my notes and then I was like, the Hindenburg. And then I watched the Hindenburg crash and I was like, oh. And I didn't go back to my notes for like. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh Fun, lighthearted movie, up. I'm like, don't tell me the Hindenburg was an airship. So that's that's the history of airships, all that, that hydrogen. Uh okay, next fun Woo. topic is talking dog collars. Yes. That uh, I I do want to chuck in there that, that Paradise Falls is based on Angel Falls in in Venezuela. It's a real place. It really oh, cool. looks like that. Okay. Um, so it is based on a real place. Um, but is there talking dog collars? And do you know, there's this, there's this. I'm going to say yes. Is, yeah. Yeah. Is, there's a group on Facebook. I don't know if anyone here knows about, did Silicon Valley reinvent the bus again? And it just mocks these inventions, Silicon Valley, like. Yeah as a concept introducing things where it's like the bus is already like like we've already found the solution <laughs> it's called a bus but anyway it's a very very funny facebook group and this was my first post on the facebook group was this dog collar okay now it is a, it is a collar that a dog wears that translates its bark or its thing into voice right but how does it do it you re- you start by recording yourself saying different phrases in your dog's voice. So you pick it, you're like, 
Then you link each phrase with a different behavior. For example, if your dog is scratching at the door, you record yourself saying, I want to go for a walk. <laughs> and you link it in the app to go for a walk. And the, and the collar recognizes what your dog is doing through its three-axis accelerometer and analyzing its movements. I think we're coming back into Quaternion territory, if you yeah. ask me. Yeah, totally. No. Um, and that is the technology. And then this guy, the founder, he, pet speak, pet speak. He goes, we constantly upgrade our phones, our cars, and our homes. Now it's time to upgrade our dogs. Pet speak bridges that gap. What okay. gap? Between, for, listen, between fantasy and reality and gives our dogs a voice. Which no. is actually just your voice, said Petspeak founder. I read this and I was like, "Thank you, Silicon Valley. We dogs really need an improvement. What would we? <laughs> dogs don't need improvement. Do you have anything right. to say on the fact on that? But also, how are you? Like, it, you're not. You can't always guarantee. Do you know what I mean? I'm just like I. If the dog is scratching the door, to... maybe they want to go out. Maybe they think the mailman's out there and they just want, and they're like, oh, mailman. Like, you just. Small you, mailman. You don't know. You don't always know what the dog actually wants. It's the whole... And by the way, in the YouTube video, that's like, he, you know, the dog's like, squirrel! Because yeah. the guy's like, ah. Oh. <laughs> it's insane. The dog is, is it, the dog, like, in the thing, the dog just, like, stands there and stares at him, and then the collar goes, Oh, let's go on a walk. And the dog's like, oh. <laughs> I swear, like, I would, I would get this just to fuck with James. And I would program it so that every time she turned her head, it went squirrel. Like, that's the only reason to do this. Not because I think it's going to help me understand my dog or help me be able to accommodate her needs better. But just purely for the fun of it. <laughs> this reminds me of, first of all, dogs are so hard to understand. Like, what could they want? Oh, he's at the door. What yeah. do you want? Okay. But it reminds me when people talk about like baby language, like decoding your baby, like understanding your baby. And the baby goes like, Meh, it means it needs food. When it's like, it means it's food. Like, it's really not that fucking complicated. Babies have like four needs. It'll be one of them, but also just like, it's, it's cringe. But, um, that is. You Wait, I found another pet one. Speak. Pets radar. Oh, another one. That's good. Pets it's radar. It's an AI-powered smart dog collar that gives your furry friend a oh. way to speak their mind and tell you what they're thinking. Great AI in there too. Free market. I love it. Free market. AI. I mean, it's oh. been made by South Korea, so I kind of, you know, I have more stock in it than if it was Silicon Valley. <laughs> I don't know if this other one was Silicon Valley, but I'm just saying that the <laughs> Silicon Valley as an idea as just this, you know, especially after Theranos, you know, it's like, we're uh, going to do this thing. It's oh, did you world, see? Because we've never gotten to do any kind of update for it. She's been, she's been sent to prison. She was given, what, yeah. like 11 years? 11. Yeah. For fraud. She was actually... Um, Great. And I'm pretty convinced right. that she didn't think she was going to get any time because no, she got married she and she's pregnant pregnant yeah no 
I'm pregnant. convinced that she was she Time was convinced cup. that there was no way that she was going to be able to get out of it. Like that there was no way they were going to actually give her jail time, and they were like, "No, you you're going to jail." The court was going to sentence her, but that's before they found out <laughs> she was pregnant. <laughs> um, that's like from the 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 melting pot the melting pot what's that play called the the melting pot what are you saying <laughs> with goody proctor she can't be put to death because she's pregnant the fucking with winona Ryder and the witches oh the crucible the crucible the melting pot based on the salem <laughs> witch trials right yeah yeah but that's the whole thing is that the wife is yeah. she's she's pregnant i think anyway um it's not the whole thing it's just one thing okay that's the end that's all my science any anything else you want to add before we get into what the fuck no no great i'm good that's that's all the science i could extract (laughs) (laughs) from up um i didn't uh, i guess i didn't do a snipe thing but anyway all good um it was a bird big bird I do like wait wait I do like that though the idea like he's he's been out there for so long so that people will believe him about this bird but in reality like in comparison to how things have moved on since he's been stranded out in this place like that bird is not anything like it's just normal bird at this stage it's not like a dinosaur do you know what I mean it's not like it's I just, just it's like bird. his entire journey his entire purpose for being out there to catch this bird to bring it back so people will believe him is completely pointless because he's just a bird at this point yeah <laughs> but he's been so far away from the world he just doesn't yeah he doesn't realize that like, lots of, of other things have been discovered <laughs> and it's like it's very funny. Yeah, yeah, he's just one bird in species are discovered at such a big rate now. Yeah. Well, like big whoop. Um I do also love the way he's watching the newsreel in the beginning that the way that's how people used to get their news. That that I read from um mm. Plot Against America too actually he describes that, you know, as a little kid You'd go to the, the you go to the reels and it, and and it would display like the news and that's how you knew what was going on in the world. No thanks. Um, oh. I love those. And, and you know, in the, there's a, the Melbourne Museum, they have those uh, newsreels. They have an old-fashioned cinema, like the one that you used to go into, and you can go in there and sit there, and it'll be like, the fashion of today. Look <laughs> at these skirts. The news are showing. And, and, they, and they play you actual newsreels that people would go to the cinema to catch up on the news. Um, I just I, I find it so endearing. Uh, I really do. They play you from like this 30s, 40s, 50s. They kind of just take you through. Oh, okay. um, you know, it's, it's it's really great. Um, cool. That's it. Anything yeah. else to add before we go into no. our favorite section? No. All right. Let's play the music. What the? What the? What the? Fuck? All right. Welcome to our section. What the fuck? Abby, do you have any what the fuck from up? Who is getting to decide that he has to go into a home? Do you know what I mean? Bringing the Shady Acres thing because they want to buy his house. And they're trying to convince him to go into the retirement home. And then it's like, oh, so because they damage his property, a judge rules that he has Mm. to go into a retirement home? Like, would that happen? Is that a thing? 
So what I took it to be was that um, he was fined so much money oh. that he had no choice but to take the deal. That's what I thought. They they put him with so with such a huge. Uh, they sued him, oh. and so he was out of options because he hit, he hit the guy, and then so they basically took him to they're court, assholes and they damages, won. and he was forced to pay. Yeah. yeah, like as soon as he hit the guy, they were like, well, we got you now. Yeah. Which is really sad because, but it, that just makes me really, really sad for like just in general how like old people get taken advantage of. It's just, it is very, very sad. I'm sure it happens all the time. Like someone without family and without much money is just ripe for the picking. Um there is a pretty famous story of a woman who refused under the circumstances yeah. to leave her house. Uh, and she she was like, she'd yeah. come there from Nazi Germany. She'd blah, 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 blah. And then she was like, I don't want leaving my house. Like, I want to die here. Um, and in the end, they built around her. And they just built around her house. And, yeah. um, and she made really good friends with the foreman. Um and in the end, she died peacefully in her home and left her home to the foreman. Um, and so they halted construction. Aww. And she said, she was like, they'll take longer. I'm not worried about them. They'll just take longer. So they just sort of built around her until, um, yeah. But I think that if yeah. there's a massive corporation and that's in the way that I think, yeah, yeah. I don't think people have that much problems getting, pushing yeah. people out. Yeah. Terrible. Um, okay. okay. Uh, what was yours? Trashing the shit out of Paradise Falls. Oh. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> he just trashed it. He just trashed it. <laughs> smash, smash, smash. I was like, guys. <laughs> That's my what the fuck. Okay. So that was up. It was supposed to be a detour from, it was supposed to be light and relaxing, but instead I watched, uh, I watched uh, the Hindenburg crash to the ground. Thank you for nothing. And I, uh, you know, Charles Lindbergh is a Nazi sympathizer. Thank you very much. And um, there's more stuff. There is another thing that I just decided to leave out of the recording because it was too depressing. Um, but yeah, so that was my attempt to lighten the mood. Yay, go Frida. Um, uh, so what's the next? What? And here's me thinking it was just going to be sad because of the first 10 minutes no, of the no, movie. No, no, no. Um, okay, let's rate it. Did it pass the Bechdel test? Well, no, but it Definitely doesn't apply. <laughs> I love that Kevin is a girl. It's true, it Kevin doesn't apply. Okay, does it pass? Here comes the science. So I'm having a stroke just thinking about. <laughs> like I want to say yes because it's a cute movie. It's totally no. impossible. Not only I mean, is no. there not enough balloons, and also it was party balloons. They don't have enough internal pressure. I don't know. Uh, it's just survival. There, there is more side stuff. And like that, he could have accidentally blown to South America if he caught this specific wind thing. But like, um, 
<laughs> no, it's impossible. It's too heavy. Um, also, airships couldn't be filled yeah. with that much stuff and stay afloat. Um, and there's, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. It doesn't make any sense, yeah. but uh, it's a cartoon, so all good. The reason why we use animation yeah, is so we can leave fine. reality. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Let's rate it. Um... This is a so hard, hard one. My brain is just saying four because it's such a good movie and it's such a sweet Disney movie. But like sciencey, I don't know. I guess maybe I have to like if I if I want to be realistic. I'll say three point two because it got to, like while there's yeah. some really cool science stuff and while it is technically possible, like it just does jump over a lot of parts of reality. I did also feel like there's some cool stuff. I, I didn't miss out. Maybe I wanted to talk about the scouts. Actually, I forgot about that. Like what role the scouts have played oh, yeah. in terms of scientific discovery, but maybe that can be an, a topic for another film. Um, um, the scouts—they don't yeah. do nothing. They—they—they get involved. So, um, bit of fun science, fun sort of exploration stuff, and um, lovely movie, of course. Now, what's yeah. next? <laughs> like, I'm really sorry. Like I'm, I'm just genuinely. Sorry. We are on our what the um, fuck one, so we are, we go the cycles. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why I decided this. I don't know. I don't know where it came from because I was going to do something totally different, and then out of nowhere, I just went. Oh, maybe we should just do idiocracy. Um, and I and I just genuinely apologize that I'm going to make you watch this movie because uh, is it bad? Yeah, we'll we'll talk. I think about it, it is bad. We'll talk about it next. Have you seen no, it? No, but I, I've watched video essays when I was researching Wally. Remember yeah. the whole breakdown I did about Wally? And I and I got it from this this yeah. YouTuber called Pop Culture Detective or whatever. And he was comparing idiocracy to Wally in terms of like blaming the people as opposed to the big systems. It's yeah. not the people that are uneducated's fault. It's like the huge, horrible capitalist system and where Wally doesn't blame the people. And he was like comparing. So that's the only thing I know about idiocracy is that idiocracy like blames the like hicks for okay. everything as opposed to pointing the finger at Walmart or whatever. I'm not going to say anything that's all else I know. until you've watched I'll this watch movie. I'll watch it. Okay. Message me when you've Will watched do. it. <laughs> okay, so that's coming up. But I am In a sorry. couple of weeks, we're going to be watching Idiocracy for our shits and giggles one. Um, yeah. This was our sort of serious science movie. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Was it our Cleanse My Soul? No. Yeah, no, it was the popular no, movie. This is, this is Blockbuster. It was Blockbustery fun. fun. Up, yeah, and so we're going on to our shit because because if all of you yeah. do, who are new to our podcast, we have a cycles where we go proper science, serious science movie. That's a good movie. Then we do something that's blockbustery and popular, and then we do something for shits and giggles just to laugh at it. So we're doing idiocracy. Great. Okay, join us yeah. next time. Um. And if you want to get in touch with us, we're on TikTok more, uh, but you can also at signs at the movies on TikTok, but you can also email us at 
uh, science at the movies at gmail.com. If you have any recommendations, feel free to reach out. And we also have an Instagram at science at the movies as well. Please leave us a review as well. It's been a while since we got a review. We really like them. We'll read them out, but also get in contact with us. We appreciate that a lot. Okay. <laughs> Bye.